Welcome to Crosswalk. We're so happy to have you here with us today. We are finishing our message series, Unleashed, and today we're going to be talking about Holy Communion and how God seeks to strengthen our relationship with him through it. We are concluding our message series, Unleashed. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the power of God and the love of God being unleashed into our lives as his children. And today, as we talk about communion, I couldn't help but think about Legos. I don't know when the last time was that you played with Legos. For me, it's been a while, just saying. And here's the thing about Legos that I actually had to go into. I've got like two drawerfuls of like tens of thousands of Legos. And it was pretty easy for me to find a, a bunch of different colored Legos. And I'm going to reference why that is in just a moment. Whereas with my seventh grade son, I dare not touch any of the Lego sets that he had. Because guess what? They're still intact. Unlike any of the Legos that I had. But here's the point that I want to make that this is representative of the body of Christ. Notice all the different colors, different sizes, different looks to it, because it reminds us of the fact of the diversity of the body of Christ, that we have people from all over the world, from different languages, different genders, different races, that these are people who are following Jesus. And yet, we all have a common problem, and that is sin. And when sin and suffering and struggles hit us in our lives, sometimes, because we don't have a firm foundation, we end up falling over and falling flat on our face in sin. And that's why our God in his grace for us brought Jesus into our life. That by faith in Jesus, faith that the Holy Spirit works in us, he connects us to Jesus so that when the troubles come our way, and notice I didn't say if the troubles come our way, but when they do, when the storms of life hit us, we have a firm foundation because we're clinging to Jesus. Now, one of the great blessings that God gives us is the fact that in communion, God strengthens that relationship. He strengthens the connection so that we're not just barely hanging on, but that we are, in fact, firmly held to Jesus by faith in him, faith that God strengthens through communion. And so the big question that we're going to be asking then today is this, how does God strengthen my relationship with him through Holy Communion? And where we're going to answer this is we're going to be looking at Jesus' words himself, words that Jesus spoke to his disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem, on the night before he died on the cross. We often call it Maundy Thursday. But what we're going to look at is what the circumstances were as Jesus was spending time with his disciples there. So we're going to be taking a look at Matthew 26, starting with verse 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. So what's the Passover anyway? Well, if you go back to the time period in 
the Old Testament, when God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses, you find out in Exodus chapters 2 through 12 that God actually had sent nine plagues upon Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and upon the people of Egypt because Pharaoh refused to listen to God, refused to let the people of Israel free from their slavery to the Egyptians. And so God sent these nine plagues and they were, they were bad. They left the commerce of Egypt in shambles, you know, like hail and locusts and flies and the Nile River turned to blood. It was bad. But Pharaoh refused to listen to God. And so God, in his love for his people, to free them from their slavery, he said, okay, if that's the way you want to play it, I'm sending a tenth plague. And the tenth plague was he sent a destroying angel throughout all of Egypt that killed the firstborn of every household in Egypt. Now, we may think, wow, that's just awful. Why would God do that? But remember, God had given Pharaoh nine other chances to repent and change his mind, and he didn't. And so it was on him. It was his fault that that happened. But in order to spare the people of Israel from the same judgment, God had each household take a one-year-old male lamb that was without defect, without any physical defects, and they slaughtered that lamb and put the blood on the doorposts of their homes so that when the destroying angel came through all of Egypt, he passed over their homes. And so ever since that time then, for roughly 1,400 years, God's people had been celebrating the Passover annually because it was one of three annual festivals that were pilgrimages to Jerusalem. There was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which the first day of that was the Passover when they celebrated that. There was the Feast of Weeks, which was like seven weeks and a day after the celebration of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then in the fall of each year, they also had the Festival of Booths, which was kind of reminding them of how God cared for them as they were tent camping for 40 years in the wilderness until he brought them to the Promised Land. And so throughout all this time period, they were sacrificing lambs. Every year on the Passover, they were sacrificing lambs and that was a reminder of how God had set them free. Now, fast forward hundreds of years then from that first Passover to the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And we find out that John the Baptist made the connection of all of those lambs that had been sacrificed to Jesus as the Lamb of God. And this is what he said in John 1 verse 29. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So now, on that night that Jesus was eating this Passover with his disciples, you got to wonder what he was thinking about as he was eating lamb with his disciples, knowing full well that the very next day he was going to be the sacrifice. That the very next day, on that Friday that we call good, he was going to be the one who would give up his life, not so that his people would have uh, just a Passover from death just one night, but that, in fact, he would rescue us from death for eternity. And so here's our, our first uh, thought, our first point as we think about this answer to the question of how does God strengthen my relationship with him through Holy Communion? 
God strengthens my relationship with him through Holy Communion by centering my thoughts on the sacrifice of Jesus. I mean, that's really the point of, of why God had his people throughout those 1,400 years of history up to the time that Jesus came along as the Lamb of God. That's the reason why they celebrated that annually, was to help them center their thoughts on what God would do for them through Jesus Christ. And so all of those lambs dying pointed ahead to Jesus as the Lamb of God. They foretold what Jesus would do. Whereas for you and me, we get to look back and we see how Jesus came in fulfillment of that promise that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And here's the thing, I don't know if you're anything like me, but we need to have our thoughts centered on Jesus. I'm so easily distracted. All I need to do is pull out this device, which you probably have too, or if you're just, uh, you know, very involved at work or maybe you're very involved in your community or whatever it is, it's just so easy to let life take over that we get so busy and so distracted. And what this reminds us of every time that we take communion, that we're once again centering our thoughts on the sacrifice of what Jesus did for us as the Lamb of God. Now, as we continue in Matthew 26, let's look at verse 20 and following. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. You know, over the years, uh, in my time of, of talking about this with people, a, a recurring question has come up, and, and it's this. Why would Jesus drop the bombshell of betrayal at this moment? And the fact is, is that Jesus really had two reasons. One is that he was reaching out to Judas, and he wanted Judas to think about what he was doing and actually to repent of that. But the other fact also is that Jesus wanted all of his disciples to reflect on the fact that, you know what, I am capable of betraying you, Jesus. And so before we get to that point, though, of what, how the other disciples reacted, I want to just uh, zero in for just a moment on verse 24, in which Jesus said, The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Simply put, even though Jesus wasn't necessarily singling out Judas by name at this point, he was most definitely looking directly into Judas's heart and saying, Judas, understand, I'm going to go as it is written about me. You don't need to go through with this any further. You can repent of your sins and turn back to me and believe. Because otherwise, in your unbelief, you will go to hell and you will spend eternity wishing you had never been born. That is an awful thought, isn't it? 
But that's what hell is. It's not just the suffering, eternal punishment, and being away from God's presence. It's the regret, and especially for Judas. After all, he had witnessed Jesus' saving power and Jesus' saving love for three years, and he was still rejecting Jesus. So for Judas, especially in hell, it is endless regret. Imagine that. No changing his condition and his situation. That is awful, and that's why Jesus is just flat out in the sternest way warning him, repent, turn back to me in faith. But now think about how the other disciples then reacted. In verse 22, again, it says that they were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. So Jesus' statement to them, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me, had the desired effect. That Jesus wanted them to reflect and to examine their own hearts and to realize, wow, I am capable of betraying you, Jesus. In fact, later on that night, Peter was going to be capable of denying Jesus three times. And so here's kind of the, the next thought that the Apostle Paul then, years later, wrote about of how important it is for us to examine ourselves before we receive communion. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. And so do you realize that that's really what Jesus was encouraging his disciples to do that night as they reflected on his statement that you're going to betray me, one of you will betray me. He was leading all of them to examine themselves and to realize I am capable of betraying Jesus. And so here's the next point as we think about this of how does God strengthen our relationship with him through Holy Communion is that he leads us to examine and confess what disconnects us from him. And that is our sin. Our sin is what separates us from him. Every time that I break the first commandment, which says, you shall have no other gods, and I may be thinking, well, I don't break that commandment, right? Like, I don't have any Buddha statues or anything else uh, set up in my house that I worship. But here's the problem. It's not usually other things that I end up worshiping. Sometimes it's me that I worship. Whenever I put my will in place of God's will and I choose my way instead of his way, I'm setting me on the throne of my heart. And that's what happens. And so we want to look into the mirror of God's law and examine ourselves and then confess that which disconnects us from him. And this is the whole reason why Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. He instituted communion so that we can be reconnected to him and remind ourselves of all that he did for us in making that happen. And that's why as we continue in Matthew chapter 26 verse 26, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Now, just stop there for a moment. I don't think that the disciples really caught on to the miracle that was taking place at this point. Because, again, they were so focused on the Passover, celebrating the Passover, that it, it probably wasn't until much later that it dawned on them what this actually meant. That is, is, is. And that as Jesus was handing them the bread, it is his body. And then in verse 27, it goes on to say, Then he took a cup, 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, the cup that Jesus used was the probably the third cup of wine of the four cups that they would actually use for a traditional Passover. And it was often called the cup of blessing. And in that, he says, he, he gave a whole new meaning to that. That as he gave it to them, he said, take and drink. This is my blood. So again, notice, Jesus doesn't say that this represents. He doesn't say this represents my body or this represents my blood. He said, this is. And so we actually, at the very same time, in a miraculous way that we're receiving the bread in communion, we're receiving his body. And at the very same time that we are receiving the wine, we are also receiving his blood. And that is meant to give us certainty. I love how he, he gets all five of our senses involved. He gets taste, touch, hearing, sight, and smell. All five senses are involved to make us absolutely certain that Jesus is the one who gave his body and blood for our forgiveness. And so, again, the next point that we want to make as we think about how does God strengthen my relationship with him through Holy Communion is that he gives us Jesus' body and blood together with the bread and wine to give us certainty of our forgiveness. I don't know about you, but I need that certainty. Because as I think back on my, I, on, on my day, as I think back on my life, and I think about those regrettable moments where I wish I could go back and change things, Jesus says, forgiven. When I come to communion, he reminds me in a very tangible way of the forgiveness that he has won for me. And that's all because he gave his body and blood on the cross. Now, what's really amazing about this is that this isn't just then a blessing of connection with God. This also blesses us in our connections with others. And the Apostle Paul draws that point also in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 when he said, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Now, that word participation, actually, in the Greek is where we get the word communion from. And if you divide the word communion up, it actually becomes common union. So, in other words, we're united to each other by that common faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And what's interesting is that he really draws that out in verse 17, then, of 1 Corinthians 10. He says, because there is one loaf, and that's a reference to Jesus, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. And so his point is, is that even though there are many of us and we come from different backgrounds, that by that common faith that we have in Jesus Christ, that we are united, we come together within communion as well. So it's not just a vertical connection that we have between us and God. It is also very much a horizontal connection that we have with each other, that it strengthens our relationships with each other as well. And so here's our, our final point that we want to make then, that God strengthens our relationship with him and others because communion strengthens connection. I want you to think about that, that the way we show our, our connection, the way we show our common faith 
with each other is most often through our church membership, right? That we, we go through courses that we study together, we study God's word together, and let's be honest, the different Christian churches out there believe different things, right? And so there are some, as we've talked about in their view of God's word, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, there are some people that believe that the Bible only contains God's word compared to the Bible is God's word. So that would be where there's a difference in what we believe. We believe the Bible is God's word. And on down the line, in many different doctrines, there are many different Christian churches that believe and teach different things. And so we ask that those who want to commune with us here at Crosswalk, where again, we're showing a common faith with each other, that we would love for you to take our Bible Basics one, that's the next step if you are not a member here at Crosswalk, that the next step for you would be to explore what we believe and teach about God and about his word, about baptism and communion and so on. Because communion strengthens connection. And we want that to be an honest connection, an honest conversation that we have about communion and what takes place there. And so again, for you, the, the next step would be if you have not become a member of Crosswalk and you want to, you want to explore that, then put that down on the connection card and we'll get a chance to have a conversation and maybe get you plugged into Bible Basics one the next time that is offered. One final thought. Communion strengthens our connection because it's God unleashing his power and his strength to hold us firm when we're going through the storms of life, to strengthen us and to help us strengthen each other. Communion strengthens connection. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of communion, that through this holy meal that you give us, that you give us the very body and blood of Jesus together with the bread and wine for the strengthening of our faith and the strengthening of our relationship with you and with each other. And Lord, in those weak moments, Help us remember how much you love us. In those regrettable moments, help us remember that Jesus is the one as the Lamb of God who sacrificed himself for us and for our forgiveness. And so help us, Lord, as we seek to remember the blessings of communion that it strengthens our connection with you and with each other. And we ask all these things, Lord, in your saving name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.